Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. A lot of times, you know, it's like a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Which comes first? In any of the 12-step recovery programs, eventually you come to a point where you find your higher power and you begin to build the relationship with your higher power. That's just the way it is. But you can't really start building a relationship with a higher power until you begin to have a relationship with a higher power. Does that make sense? There's a phrase that I love and I hate in a lot of other 12-step programs. Fake it till you make it. I hate it because you guys know I've talked about the thing of I spent so much of my adult life pretending to be somebody I wasn't. And I don't want to live like that. I don't want to wear a mask. I want to be me. I want to be the same me here as I am at home, as I am at work, as everywhere, out in the streets, everywhere. I want to be me. So I don't want to pretend to be somebody I'm not. But in the same case, there are things that go on in our lives that we just don't have grasp of, that we just can't really handle. And we have to just live our lives as if we're already where we want to be. So that's kind of the fake it till we make it. Now, I, I can't say what Bill W. or Dr. Bob were thinking, or if they were the ones who came up with the phrase fake it till you make it, or if it was somebody else. I don't know. I don't know the history of that phrase. But I can say that I would imagine it came from the Bible. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, Faith, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so that can be kind of a tricky thing. But faith, many times in the Bible, when they're talking about it, I'm going to put this in the layman's term, is just trusting that God is who he says he is or that he'll do what he says he's going to do. All right? That's trusting in him. That's really having faith. And so a lot of times what happens in that same case, a lot of times we find ourselves facing ch these choices in our lives and we're really not sure which way to go. And we have to make these choices and, and what I, uh, if we can get this thought in our minds, talk to God and do the next right thing, talk to God and do the next right thing, it'll help us in those in those situations, we can talk to God, who gives peace about things, in which way to go. And then we can head in that direction and have faith or trust that he's going to take care of us. Because when it says that faith is the substance, this bottle of water has substance. I can see this bottle of water. I know it exists. I don't have to have faith to know that this is bottled water. But if I say, hey, I've got a bottle of water. I'm either lying or I'm not. <laughs> you can't see it, right, Joe? <laughs> now, you did see me put it behind my back. <laughs> or did you? You have to just trust that when I say I've got a bottle of water, well, yeah. Bob has about the Lord. Now, why would you trust me? Why would you have to take my word for it? I could be a liar. You don't know. 
It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've been clean for 33 years, clean and sober for 33 years. But being clean and sober did not mean that my life has been a bed of roses during that time. I had a lot of growing I had to do. I messed up a lot of things in my life and I had a lot of things to overcome. I had to walk in the consequences of a lot of my dumb choices. And a lot of times I didn't want to. A lot of times I was just like, God, why, why do I have to go through this? Why do I gotta do all of this? And you know, there, there were some things, there were some dumb things I did that I didn't have to walk in any consequences for. But then there were other things that I really felt I needed, I should have gotten a pass for, but I didn't. <laughs> but this is the thing. I have a history with God now. Starting out, I didn't have a history with him, right? And so when my sponsor would say, you just have to trust your higher power. But why? In, in the beginning, I really felt like, you know, my concept, and I've talked about my concept of God, I had the wrong concept. I felt like he was just waiting to punish me. I felt like I couldn't be good enough. And so I would look at the things that I'd done in my life and the choices I'd made. And so I thought, obviously, He's not going to, he, he's mad at me. He's not going to take care of this stuff. I'll just have to deal with this on my own. And then once I get this mess cleaned up, then God will be happy with me and everything will be okay. Does that, I mean, have you guys ever felt that way? I don't know if we consciously think that, but that's what really goes on inside us. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Man, if I could just, if I could just, just get this under control. You know, then maybe God would take care of this. Good enough. It'd be all right. But that's really not who God says he is. Once we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, which could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but let me just lay it out just as simple as this. As soon as Jesus becomes my higher power, and I begin to trust him and say, I'm going to trust you the best of my ability. And we start out. You guys know we can't do it perfectly, right? You can't. You don't have the history. You can't trust him like you can when you have a history. You guys, I was in the Army. And my platoon sergeant, starting out, when he would tell me to do something, and I was in aviation. I wasn't in infantry or anything like that. So I was in aviation. So... We were a little bit more laxed than infantry. But so when my platoon sergeant would say, Bay, go do such and such. Go tie down that aircraft. Go do whatever. And I would say, well, why do I got to do that? It'll be, it'll be fine like that. And he would say, because I told you to. That's why. Now, when you're in basic training and the drill sergeant said, you don't, you don't for one thing, you don't say why. <laughs> you learn real quick, you don't say why. But after I'd been out for a while, and I would say, why? Well, then, as I began to advance in rank, and when I became a sergeant, and my platoon sergeant was doing things, it wasn't Sergeant Bago do this, and me say, why? 
and him say, because I told you, it was, well, because we want to do this because, and he would explain it to me, because I needed to know why we were doing this so that I would learn and I would understand so then I could then train the people under me. But then when the people under, under me would say, I don't want to do that, why are we going to do that? Because I told you to, that's why. Did you, any of you guys' parents ever say, or your, your, your parents say, why are you going to do that? Because I told you to. I hate that. Once we step forward and we say, God, I want you to lead my life. I've messed my life up. I've tried my best to control my life. And I see now that I can't control it. I would like for you to, to lead me and guide me. And we start out. Once we re receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and the Savior part of that is, is that he forgives us of our sins. Okay. Once he does that, it's done. He forgives us of our sins past, present, and future. Okay? So we don't have to worry about that anymore. I know that, that messes with a lot of religious people's heads. But it's the truth. It's biblical. Our sins are forgiven. We don't have to worry about that anymore. But Paul says, don't use that as a license to sin. But this is the deal. So that our sins are forgiven. So now our thoughts should not be, when we come up to these choices, should I go right or should I go left? I'm using that as an example. Whatever it may be, the choices. We make thousands of choices in a day. Our choices shouldn't be, is this a sin or is this not a sin? Because what's going to end up happening? One of two things is going to happen. You're going to say, yes, it is a sin, but God forgives me, so it'll be okay because he wants me to be happy. Or God understands. God knows I'm sinful, so and he understands, so he's going to be okay with it. You guys never played that game with God? I did. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Maybe I should be. Maybe I'm too stupid to know. You're too forgiving. <laughs> I did. I would face these choices you know, that thing inside of us, I liken it back to when I smoked or when I drank or when I did drugs, that craving, that whatever it may be, i just got to do it. I don't have a choice. I've got to do it. And I would think, God understands. The thing was, is it would mess with me then. It would mess with me. God wouldn't let me get away with it because he understood, but that didn't mean it was okay. But so now we, the thing is, we face this choice and we say, will this draw me closer to God or will this push me away? People don't want to live their lives like that. That's what having a relationship with God is. It's that simple. Is this choice I'm about to make I hate to oversimplify it, but it is that simple. Is this choice I'm about to make going to draw me closer to God or push me away? That is what having a relationship with anybody is. With Pam. When I, we've been married all this time. And we face choices every day. Will this draw me closer to Pam or will this push me away? Do I need to tell you I'm not perfect at this? There are a lot of times 
I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. There are a lot of times I think, well, this is what I want to do. And I do it. But I'm sure there's things that Pam does. This is what I want to do, and she does it, right? But if we want to grow in our relationship, we have to do that. And Pam and I are still growing in our relationship, and we still have these arguments, and we have these disputes. And I have to, I'm always trying to explain to Pam, this is my motivation behind doing it, because I think that that makes it better. You know, it's that thing of, if she just understood why I did it, she wouldn't feel the way she feels. That's not really the way things work. Because it's this thing. Does it draw me closer or does it push me away? I talk about this like this as far as relationships now. Because obviously, drinking and drugs are no longer a struggle in my life. I have absolutely no desire to do it. I'm just going to say this, and I don't want to be offensive to anybody, but I look at it now and I think, that is absolutely ridiculous. Drinking and, and doing drugs is absolutely ridiculous. But there was a time when it was, that's, I needed that to survive. That's what I, the way I felt about it. In all the situations in our lives, and we make these choices and we say, will this draw me closer to God or will this push me away? And that doesn't scare me, and it doesn't scare God. Because that's part of having building a relationship with Him. That's part of getting to know Him and Him letting you get to know who you are. He already knows who we are. He doesn't need to get to know who we are. He wants us to realize who we are. And so we make these choices, and we get in the middle of these situations, and God will speak to us. And it doesn't take long for us to know. God's not trying to hide things from us. He's not sitting back like, ooh, I got him now. Watch, watch. Ooh, I got him. He don't even know it. He don't even know it. I'm getting ready to slap him upside the head because he just messed up and doesn't even know it. That's not who God is. That's not the whole point he came for. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. He wants to have this relationship with us and, and help us through these situations, not condemn us for it. And so when we make the wrong choices, because we're going to, and he's like walking behind us or next to us, and he's like guiding us, you know, like a little kid, and he's guiding us, and then we make a break for the road, you know, <laughs> you know, like when you have a toddler, you blink your eyes for a second when you're in the driveway and you know they're automatically going to run for the road. That's the way it is with God, you know. God doesn't blink, but you know what I'm saying. God's not scared about it. He wants, us, he wants to teach us through it. It becomes a teachable moment for us and God to grow in. The only question is, are we willing to be teachable? And the only point in that is, do we want to keep doing the same things over and over in our lives, expecting things to be different? Or do we want things to be different in our lives? Do we really want things to change? Or do we just want things to just be the way they are? Are you happy with where you're at? If you're not, all you have to do is just keep moving 
in a forward direction. Even if it's not necessarily the right direction, if you're moving forward, God can correct you. Problem comes is when you decide, I'm not moving, I'm just staying where I am. I'm just going to plant myself. And that planting yourself is continuing to do the same things over and over and over and over again. When you feel those feelings, when you feel those feelings of shame, guilt, remorse over what you've done in your past, the bad choices, when you feel those feelings of resentment and anger and bitterness because of what's been done to you and the injustice of your life, and you hold on to those things and you don't know how to deal with them, you don't know how to let go. All you know is, is you just can't feel like this anymore. And so you do whatever you need to do to not feel like that anymore. That's being stuck. There's no hope in that. And so it goes back to faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Because I had this wrong concept of who God was, I didn't understand that I needed to lean on him and he would do things inside me to make me feel different and I wouldn't have to do those things to make myself feel different. I had screwed up doing meth. I had screwed up our finances, made horrible choices, ruined my military career. Pam was ready to leave me. I messed up everything. The idea of trusting and leaning on God, it was completely foreign to me. I had no concept of that. I had this encounter with God so that I knew he was real. I knew he existed. But the thing of somebody saying, oh, just trust in God, that was a different language to me. It didn't mean anything. Trust in God. I, I don't even know how, how in the world do you do that. What does that even mean? What does that look like? All I knew was, when I woke up in the morning, what was playing through my head was all the choices that I had made. The fact that I had all kinds of debt that Pam didn't know about, and I had to keep that a secret from her. I knew I was gonna have to get some meth that day to make it through because I couldn't, otherwise I was gonna crash. I was gonna go to bed. But I had work I had to do. And so I had to get some meth and I had to get it before I went to the job because I couldn't leave. And so I had to figure out how I was gonna do that. Especially if I had no money. What was I gonna do? What was I gonna steal? What was I gonna borrow without asking? in order to trade for what I needed to trade to get me through. If drugs is not your issue, then maybe you don't understand what that's like to be in that situation. But there are other things that we, we face in relationships. Sometimes in relationships, where it's, if codependency is an issue, sometimes the loneliness or the fear of rejection or all of those other things cause us to make decisions and to do things that are not who we are. We'll do things and pretend to be somebody that we're not so that we don't feel that way. 
I don't normally bring this up in, in mixed group and that. For guys, pornography in today's day and age is a huge issue. The temptation for guys, especially these young guys now, it's become so normalized and it's so easy. And that temptation to do that. And how do you say no to that? And that's all because those things of, because it does things to our, here's, here's a little science lesson. It does things to our dopamine, it affects our dopamine receptors. Makes us feel good, gives us a rush. And I've talked about this before, even posting things on Facebook. They have found that when people get likes on Facebook, it stimulates dopamine. It's a drug. It has the same effect as doing drugs. That approval seeking. My thing of feeling like my world was in chaos. And if I could just get a handle, if I could just get some things organized, my life wouldn't be like this. If I'm going to clean off my dresser, I can't just like go and straighten it. I have to take everything off, spread it all over the place, do everything. If I'm going to clean out my sheds, I have two storage sheds. If I'm going to clean out my shed, I can't just go in there and just start organizing things. I have to drag it all out, spread it all over the patio, set up tables with sawhorses and everything, get everything out where I can see it because I'm going to organize it. And guess what ends up happening? I get distracted and then end up rushing to throw everything back in boxes to put it back inside before it rains. Here's one. I'm trying to share things out of my life, so hopefully I trigger things. When I was younger, when my kids were young, we didn't have no money. It wasn't like I could go do something that cost money. And things were different back when my kids were young. I mean, you could do all kinds of stuff for like on your phone and stuff like that. We didn't have all of that then. I loved watching building shows. This old house, the new Yankee workshop, those kind of things. Saturdays, that was my little escapism. Here was another thing, exciting movies. Braveheart, right? Come on, guys. You know, Braveheart, you could take away our land, but you can never take away our freedom. Get that adrenaline pumping, and I would forget for a little bit. I got to go on Monday and take a thousand square feet of drywall, and that is going to just drive me absolutely insane because I hate those, the minutia of that repetitive work. I have to paint a bunch of doors. It's going to drive me crazy. We have to begin to develop a history with God so that we can begin to develop a history with God. And that thing of fake it till you make it, instead of looking at it like fake it till you make it, just have faith, even though it doesn't look like it, even though it doesn't look like anything's changing, even though it looks like things are always going to be messed up, even though it feels like Things are, you're always going to feel the way you feel right now. And it doesn't seem like things are ever going to change. Just trust and say, okay. It was a huge turning point in my life when I began to understand. It's okay. I can trust God. I can. And it didn't feel like it. It felt like things were always going to be the same. But then he would do something in my life. Usually at the last minute, when it felt like I'm hanging on by my fingernails and they're about ready to pull out of my hands, he would do something and I would realize he was actually there.
Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.